to the birth of my twin daughters, um, Leila and Zoya. Um, it had been a very difficult journey because towards the end, the doctor was sort of preparing me for the fact that one of them is not going to make it, something that I was not being able to perhaps grasp at that time. And um, they were born on um, the 29th of Ramzan. And we named one Lela after Lela Tulkadar and the other one Zoya, which means life. Um, Zoya passed away a few days later. My name is Sadia Dhani and you're listening to Dhani, the podcast. Our guest today is a highly intuitive, creative, freelance communication designer, Sara Jamil. Our conversation was delightful. Sara spoke about her creativity, the ideation, the color palette of her life and her professional life. Her struggles to find herself and the divine. Thank you for listening to the podcast and please feel free to share it with your families and friends. Thank you. Hi Sara and thank you so much for being on Dhani. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's quite an honor. Sara, you are actually responsible for designing the Dhani logo. So uh, in in essence, you have helped uh, me uh, give. It give. absolute pleasure. You were wonderful to work with. You let me do what I wanted. And that's always a lovely thing. Right. So picking up from that, actually, how does actually you so you are a freelance uh, graphic designer and you also have a, a blog um, uh, on Instagram, which we will come later to. But tell me how 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 does the creative process in your mind work? As you said, you know, you allowed me to do what I wanted to do. So how, how do the pieces sort of gel in together when a client comes to you and uh, requests you for a certain design or a logo, you know, just anything or everything? Um, so I think it harks back to college days, right? When uh, we were trained to sort of look at the client as someone who would bring a certain set of elements to us and then want us to put it together in a way that was aesthetic, that said more without saying too much. So where the visual would talk and we were supposed to control all of that and yet also, you know, sort of go with the mood that the client is king. 
that is what a commercial designer was supposed to do. Um, now, keeping in mind, this was a good 25 years back, things have evolved. And um, what comes to our plate now is, is different. I think the conversation is far more evolved. I think people are far more willing to trust. And that has to do with um, the access of information, the internet, which, you know, didn't exist back then. And a lot of uh, information being available to people on what they are going to expect from the designer. Hmm. So going back, uh, was this uh, sort of route, was it by accident, by fluke? Was it something that you've always wanted to do? Was it an amalgamation of a few things like, you know, being a designer? Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, the thing is that um, art as a career is still fairly, well, was very new at the time I joined art school. And I was a literature student in my A-levels, uh, wanting to dabble in words, even back then. Um, things didn't pan out as I wanted. And um, the universities that I wanted to go to, it wasn't possible. And my mother suggested that I translate my creativity into a more visual form and try going to an art school. Um, it clicked so seamlessly, um, this ability to see creativity as not just connected to words, but words translating into form. Um, so I, I can't pinpoint um, a particular event that might have happened. I can't pinpoint a particular feeling, but I know that suddenly it seemed to make sense that designing is very much connected to my thinking. Mm. And, uh, you know, it just flowed so easily. Um, mind you, it wasn't easy in college because I always felt that the gap between what I was thinking and what my hands were creating was was big. And my um, professor told me this. She's like, your ideas are about 10 steps ahead, but your mm. technical skills, your craft is lagging behind. So um, the first couple of years at college were, um, were a struggle to somehow get the two to match because I had a lot of words in my head and I had a lot of ideas and all my research would, or even on any visual assignment would begin with sort of deep diving into something that I had to read, uh, a quotation, a word, some meaning. It would always start with words. So to translate that into visual was a bit of a struggle and I think there was, actually, I do know there was a, a, an assignment we were given in the beginning of our final year. And that is where I felt that the words and the visual clicked so well together. And I remember that feeling, thinking that, oh, I get it now. I get where my words are going to translate into a form which someone else will look at and make perfect sense of. So mm -hmm. I did have an aha moment, actually. Uh, you know, whilst you were talking, I was just wondering, because usually if somebody has a, a love and sort of a command of words and over words and sort of a deep relationship with words, it's usually the expression is usually translates into um, poetry or prose, right? But for you, as you're saying, it was more about the color. It was more about the form, the shapes, the lines. I don't know if I can separate the two because I would always find my words sort of translating into a kind of form eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, when it all 
sort of fell into place. I did write. I've been writing since I was 10. I have journals filled with poetry of all kinds, thoughts of all kinds. I, I Writing has always been a very therapeutic part of my life. So that was, uh, that was untouched. But the fact that I realized that it could be connected to a visual form was, I think, so amazing to me. And um, Indeed. it opened up so many vistas in terms of a career, in terms of uh, being able to, and I say this word, a word not lightly, to enable to, being able to create harmony um, in simply placing things to look a certain way and then having someone else look at it and say, oh, that makes me feel good. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a number of elements that come together, I think. Mm. Indeed. So, so, so tell me that usually, you know, one has to be really curious. You have to be observant to be able to amass and to be able to take uh, uh, sort of everything through your senses uh, and then pour out uh, a form of uh, creativity. So when it comes to you, are you generally, when where do you draw your inspiration from? Are you... So basically, two-pronged question. One, where do you draw your inspiration from? Two, are you observant about everything, like the food you're eating, the steps that you're taking, the air that you're breathing, you know? I, I think that's, that's sort of a curse um, that any person who is visually inclined um, will admit to being under the spell of. Yes, I think I observe everything. Um, mm. It's it's exhausting mm. and it's thrilling, but I observe everything. And, uh, and I think that drawing inspiration, it's kind of like a bank in your head. You're looking at everything. It's being stored in your head. Um, subconsciously, um, you might not be aware of it, but it comes in handy somewhere. And... Um, as of recent years, I feel that whatever I am immersed in, I am somehow using it in my work, whether it's a color palette or, um, you know, something I'm reading um, or something I'm just generally looking at. I will find a way to consciously, subconsciously, you know, sort of put a vibe of that in the work I'm doing. Mm. And it's interesting because people point it out now. They're like, oh, look, you managed to put clouds in something because you've been looking at clouds recently. Or, oh, you know, your mountains are calling mode is sort of, you know, seeping into all your uh, color palettes. So I, I, I know that and I am actually enjoying that a lot because it really allows me the ability to think of everything as something I can use at some point in a more practical sense, you know, as part of a project I'm doing or as part of uh, something I want to create. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So, so now tell me something. Do you feel, are you sort of conscious of the fact that your creativity has taken a turn uh, during this pandemic? I think uh, I think it has in some way made me more conscious of what I want to do mm -mm. Um, and what 
I will say yes to. And um, it's it's interesting because the pandemic has created a bit of panic because systems have shifted. So a lot of people are of the opinion that one should take up whatever comes our way because that too is a blessing. And I agree. But internally, I feel that it has made me sift through things. And I am not okay saying to a lot of things that I previously might have been okay to saying because um, that balance, that mental health and sanity and creativity has the balance is more precarious now. Mm-mm. Agreed. So I, I feel that that is a shift I am aware of, and I'm not sure where it's going to go. But for now, this is how it's manifesting. You know, sometimes when you are faced with, um, as you're saying, a certain sense of stress or panic, uh, for writers, as they say, there's a writer's block. I mean, you just go blank. There's numbness. There's, 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 you're not quite sure. Have you experienced that in terms of your ideas flowing through, your work flowing through? So many times. Mm-hmm. So many times. You know, you just, um, you know it's there. But between there and where you are, there is this wall. And you can sense it's right there. You just have to scale that wall. That wall is impenetrable. So it's very frustrating. And um, especially if you're on a deadline. um, And these deadlines are sort of self-imposed many times. I want to write about something. And I will choose that as my next topic. But somehow I'm not getting to it. So I have to then make a call of setting it aside. And sometimes that feels um, very much like, oh, I gave up. So you have to come to the point of, am I giving up or am am I giving it a rest? Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, it's very interesting. You should um, say this because um, I was discussing this very point with my my mother. And uh, she reminded me of one of my favorite um, ayats, which is Kun Faya Kun, right? The Mm -hmm. idea of it suddenly being because he allows it to be. Mm. And 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 it it reminded me of that same visual I mentioned that it's there and it exists. It's just a matter of timing and you getting to it. So this is how you know words have started manifesting into my way of handling such things, which is perhaps another part of this pandemic growth that you're talking about. Mm. Okay, so the, I'm, I'm going to step slightly out of the design um, scenario of yours and that life. So there is Sarah, who is a graphic designer, and then there is Sarah, who uh, draws inspiration uh, because, uh, and since you have spoken about the divine, there is, um, and as we all know, you know, that uh, all of his attributes are somehow in us as well. However, some shine more than the others. Yes. So when we, and then there is Al-Musavir, right? So, so I'm, I'm just stepping slightly away from that and I am coming to a point and I'm coming to the Sara who is finding her path 
to the divine because that's what we're really here for. And you see, for for me, for instance, the finding that path has been through uh, a dis-ease in the body, uh, you know, there is stress, there is suffering, and through that you sort of navigate and you traverse through those paths to find Allah. Yes. And then, the, and and oftentimes there is a certain skill set that you have, and through that you find God. Um, you've been blessed with a certain um, voice, uh, music, photography, any form of expression, really. Absolutely. So tell us about that 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 journey. Tell us about that navigation. Um, so I think that um, you know. I think I grew up with a very easy sense of Allah, right? He's around us, he's there for us, and that's it. And um, it was very much um, a casual part of my upbringing to talk about him as in, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like, how we should, you know, sort of abide by certain things, not abide by certain things. And I don't think I ever truly um, thought about it in a critical sense or in a curious sense until perhaps my early 30s. Um, and, and the shift in that was also um, a certain happening in my life, which I think led me down this path. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I think you're right. I think suffering, disease, grief, are major motivators in what shift our path. But there is also one other thing, and I think that's patterns. Somehow you become aware of these patterns in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I don't know if you know it's a sudden light inside you or if it's something that happens where you're making sense of things. But once you start seeing these patterns, it's so hard to not see them. Mm. And I think for me, that was that was the game changer. And um, I, since then, like I said, it's been very hard to not see the patterns. If something happens, I know I can feel exactly why it's happening. And if something doesn't happen, I feel like I really must do the work to understand why it's not happening and why it's not happening now. So, and I think it's the more difficult times in our life that make us reflect on these kind of things so much. So, so uh, true and uh, so uh, sort of uh, interesting uh, for you to say, you know, patterns coming from a graphic designer. You're absolutely (laughs) right. (laughs) So, you know, you're climbing up the the spiritual uh, ladder. Do you think that your work in this world is... Do you feel it, you might have to depart from that? Or do you feel that it's actually uh, lending you to, 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 to climb up? Yeah, I, I think that two are completely interconnected. Mm. In fact, you know, when it, it's almost if you're, you have a bird's eye view of how it's playing out. And there is this map. And you can see all these tributaries sort of running into each other. But you know they're coming from somewhere and you know they're going somewhere. So what it is, is this amazing 
thing that you can see, you know, making itself. And it's up to you to either decipher it or just enjoy how it looks or make peace with it or have trouble with it. Because all of these things are sort of what, you know, egg you on to the next step. Mm. So, I mean, again, I, I treat it very much like a visual. You know, I, I try to look at it from the top and see what is what is being made here. Is it something that I'm enjoying? If it's not, what can I do about it? And I do believe that the power to control our attitude is ours. So I can't change what happens to me, but I can adjust how I respond to it. And I, I find that sense very much connected to really believing that he has a plan. And if there is this great big plan, a map of how things are going to play out, well, then, then it's just exciting. And yes, there will be bad things. And yes, there will be good things. But eventually, there is a plan. And I think there's a lot of relief in that for me. Brilliant, brilliant. You, uh, but I, so, so I'm just wondering that this form of submission, this form of surrender that you just spoke about, um, very few sort of have that. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet, you know. Um, sometimes it feels like I've traversed a long distance and sometimes it feels like I'm just at the beginning. So I don't know. Um, I feel like when I write or when I say things out loud on paper, freeing them, you know, they're out in the world, I feel stronger because I feel like I am telling myself something and I am reassuring myself that I know this. I know this about myself. I know this about the world. I know this about the universe. But it's something that I like to say on repeat because it affords me a lot of faith that way. Mm. So, so I can't really say that I'm there. But I also will say that I'm not not there. <laughs> so I think, sure. um, you know, it's, a work in progress and um, it's scary but it's also quite uh, thrilling so I suppose journey yeah and you know we're not none of us will ever be there really but um, so coming back to your now work and your spiritual journey uh, you have um, this beautiful absolutely beautiful blog where you um, have uh, these Quranic ayahs which you uh, write yourself um, and then there is a reflection on it. And whenever I've read uh, uh, those pieces, I've always felt that there is a certain catharsis that's taking place. Absolutely. So, so what, what, tell us about that. What, what made you uh, get into that? And of course, it's a beautiful amalgamation of deen and dunya. So... Um. The very first time I wrote about something that was connected to the Quran as well as life was um, about almost exactly 11 years ago. Uh, and I know that because it was connected.
to the birth of my twin daughters, um, Leila and Zoya. Um, it had been a very difficult journey because towards the end, the doctor was sort of preparing me for the fact that one of them is not going to make it, something that I was not being able to perhaps grasp at that time. And um, they were born on um, the 29th of Ramzan. And we named one Lela after Lela Tulkadar and the other one Zoya, which means life. Um, Zoya passed away a few days later. What I was looking for. And these um, ayats would just come up. Again, you know, uh, what I said about patterns, I don't know why they came up in the patterns they did. I don't know why a certain name was more in my head at that time than another name. So I started just looking into it a little bit more. And I, when you start reading the, you know, the etymology of the words, the Arabic, there are so many layers. It's so perfectly designed, you know, which brings me back to my design obsessions, right? There are, there are so many things that click so perfectly. And I was like, oh, okay, this is new. And I think that once you start delving, you know, it's, you really can't step out of it. Mm. So, so, you know, it just kept happening. And I would write, but I wouldn't share. I would share it with, uh, you know, a cousin, a friend, uh, my sisters, my mom. But I, I was not willing to let it go so out into the public because I'm not learned in that sense. I haven't studied the Quran or, you know, sort of sat with religion or spirituality. It was a pro process and my writing was part of it. So, um, so all that changed during this pandemic when I finally felt that, okay, let me just put it out there and see what it does for me and maybe that's another journey I'm, I'm supposed to take. So, so that was a very long sentence and statement, but there you have it. <laughs> so glad that you actually decided to put it out because, you know, uh, of course, these are your personal reflections, but people who are reading uh, gather so much strength uh, from it and a, and, and a perspective as well. So uh, just coming towards the close of uh, the podcast. Uh, uh, if if uh, the listeners, if the audience want to know more about your work and uh, your um, blog, where can they find it? How can they get in touch with you? I'm on Instagram um, on gem underscore musings. And um, I'm very happy to have a conversation anytime. Um, it's, it's something that really, I feel, again, propels me forward. Um, people ask things and then I have to go either look it up or read more. And if anything makes me read more, it makes me happy. So, um, you know, always up for a conversation. Super. It's, it's actually, uh, it's a lot more than musings, but okay. <laughs> uh, I, I let that creativity sit with you but but Sarah thank you so much for this and it's actually it's quite sort of uh, heartwarming and very inspirational to to see how you have um, 
put together have your skill sets and your words and your sense of expression whether it is through color whether it is through words um and all of them sort of seem to fall down in that uh, pool uh which connects you with uh, with the divine it's it's absolutely amazing it's thank so you interesting right i mean I, even i'm sure. very surprised when it happens and quite odd by the whole process of things totally totally but one last question however uh you you do what you do i know that your sisters are quite talented and your mom also so it sort of runs in the genes as well right yes <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 absolutely accept that yeah yeah so it's nurture and nature both absolutely brilliant brilliant thank you thank you so much no thank um, you for having me this was um, this was so interesting to put in words <laughs> totally and uh, uh, so, so so the listeners i have uh, ordered some stuff uh, with sara so i urge you to visit her blog and see what she what all she is up to uh sara thank you Sadia. thank you and you take care thank you so much for having me bye then bye bye